I'm Liz Hinkle at TIA National Headquarters, and we are pleased to welcome you to the Transportation Intermediaries Association's TIA Delivers podcast. TIA, the trusted voice for third-party logistics companies of all sizes. Thank you in advance for joining. In this episode of the TIA Delivers podcast, we sit down with Noelle Perry, TIA's chief economist. Noel gives us a recap of what economic development looked like in 2020 with regards to the travel restrictions of COVID-19, transportation, and e-commerce. And thanks to our podcast sponsor, the TIA Foundation, influencing 3PL growth and profitability for over 40 years. Join us in Phoenix, Arizona for TIA's 2021 Capital Ideas Conference and Exhibition, April 7th through the 10th. With over 1,500 of North America's most successful brokerage-based logistics professionals all in one place. And let's get started. I'd like to start off by saying thank you again for being here, Noel. I think the last time we had you on, um, we focused on an economic update in regards to the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, as we wrap up Q4, can you give us a recap of what economic development looked like this year? Sure. Uh, the big thing, obviously, is the fact that the actions we've taken in an attempt to minimize the damage from the virus have had on the economy. Uh, In uh, March and April, the actions we took were dramatic, basically shutting down everything but a few activities, things like uh, supermarkets and and, uh, self-help stores. Um, And the economy responded by collapsing, shrinking by 30-some percent, the worst quarter in U.S. history. And then um, the number of deaths and the number of cases fell pretty dramatically. We're not still not sure why, but they did. And the authorities said, well, I guess you can go back doing some of the stuff you used to do. Actually, most of it. There were in the summer a few exceptions, things like uh, attending professional sports and uh, flying to Las Vegas. But otherwise... Mm-hmm. Uh, Economic life came back, and two things happened. First off, uh, the economy expanded very rapidly, uh, actually more rapidly on a percentage basis than it shrunk in the first quarter. Not on an absolute basis. We're still below where we were back in the first quarter, but still it was was dramatic, the uh, expansion in the third quarter. Um, That expansion had a rather unusual and unanticipated result, at least unanticipated by me. Uh, However, in in retrospect, it's pretty obvious. Um, People, there still were restrictions on services, things like eating, uh, entertainment, those kind of things. Now, the restrictions on services as respects to healthcare, which were dramatic in the first quarter, People did not do any of that elective stuff, uh, didn't go to the dentist, etc. Those are gone, but people are still reluctant to go out to eat, to go to amusement parks, to watch pro football games in the stands. And our authorities are reluctant to let us do that. Uh, Pennsylvania, for instance, today joined a number of other states like uh, New York and New Jersey in banning indoor dining. Now, what that says about the survival of the restaurant industry, a big part of our economy, is another issue. The important thing, though, for us in our business is unless you are a company like Cisco, 
a food distributor that goes to commercial establishments, uh, the reduction in service consumption has been perversely a good thing. And that is people aren't spending as much money eating out and going to Cancun and those kind of things. And so what they've been doing is two things. They have been fixing things up around the house, and that means they have to go out and buy stuff. And the other thing is they have more money in their pocket and they are buying toys. Um, sales of ATVs have gone crazy. Uh, I just bought a new TV, a biggie. <laughs> so, um, and the things we've been buying to include the food, of course, but also the lumber that we use to fix things up. That stuff gets transported in trucks, trains and other things. And so what we found is that the demand for hard goods, some people call them durable goods, some of them are, well, and if you look at the non-durable side, uh, I don't know about your family, but my wife and I are into uh, hoarding big time. Now, we don't call it hoarding, but we have a, when we see something we haven't been able to get because of the screwed up supply chains, we go out and buy a bunch of it. Uh, my wife, for instance, yesterday came home all happy because she found a spray can of 409, which hasn't <laughs> been available since way back in January. So. Between our stocking up on stuff and our spoiling ourselves with goods rather than services, the transportation industry has had a pretty good year. Now, there's something else that goes in here and um, that we have to talk about, and that is the second quarter was not a good time for us in transportation because the economy collapsed completely and people laid a lot of drivers off. And then it came roaring back as fast as it's ever roared, well, faster than it's ever roared in the past. And the fleets um, couldn't keep up with the expansion in demand. Uh, in the part, they didn't want to. They wanted to get some scarcity so they get their rates back up again. Rates were very low in the second quarter. But the fact is, anytime we have this kind of acceleration in, in demand, whether it comes from the economy or some um, uh, regulation which reduces supply, uh, we fall behind in putting, getting men in those trucks, women now too, of course. And so what we've had in the spot market is a very, very tight market, at least as tight as what we experienced in 2017. Uh, and so rates are up and volumes are up. Now, interestingly, there's no evidence yet that contract rates have been up near as much. Those markets appear to be a bit more orderly. But the fact is, we've had a very good third quarter and probably, and we'll find out a very good fourth quarter to include intermodal if you're uh, in part because intermodal always booms when trucks are short. And the other thing is, intermodal moves imported goods. And um, if you remember, the imports from the Far East were cut way back in the second quarter because China had shut down and because lots of things. And that's all being made up. And so if you're trying to find a, a, a transportation for a 40-footer off the LA docks or trying to find space for a 53 on a 
domestic intermodal train, you're having trouble. So it's been a very good time. Now, how about the outlook? And let's look at it from two standpoints. First off, um, the COVID cases and deaths have come back. Uh, you know, the normal flu season, which we're having now, uh, has, um, and the doctors really don't understand it completely, but the fact is that, that the normal flu season has magnified the effect of this particular flu that we call COVID-19. It, uh, it is a more um, virulent form of the normal flus we have uh, that spreads a little quicker than the normal ones, and sadly, it kills more people. Uh, it is, however, not nearly as bad as the 1918 flu, actually one-tenth as bad, but it's appearing to be somewhere around twice as bad as the normal flu that we have. Well, as it expands, governments are shutting portions of the economy down again. Now, they're not doing it nearly as bad as they did back in March and April, but um, restaurants and other things are slowing down again. And furthermore, and this is the more important thing, all the government wringing of hands, and the magnification of that in the press has got people scared again. And so they're not doing the things that they were in the summer. So what does that say about the economy going forward? Well, there are two positives, and then there's that, that, that big negative. The two positives are uh, people are buying and building houses uh, at a pretty good clip. Not as much as we did back in 03 and 02 and 04, but a lot more, well, at least as much more as we've had in the best times in the previous recovery, this recovery. And we think the reason for that is that um, people have discovered uh, that big, dense cities aren't as attractive as we thought they were, in part because of the COVID, in part because the... Uh, move to remote work has convinced people that they don't have to spend as much money on expensive downtown real estate to run a business. So they're moving out into the parts of the world like where I live, and that's good for the economy because we're building houses. Um, it's bad for people who happen to own real estate downtown, but that doesn't subtract from the movement of goods. And the other thing is that because people are still afraid of services of touching other people, they are continuing to buy toys and continuing to fix up things around their house. So the demand for transportation has stayed up and it should stay up through um, into the beginning of the new year. Now the question is how long will it stay up? And the answer has comes from, I think, the virus. Uh, I'm assuming that the underlying strength of the economy before the virus is about the same as it was. Uh, the government's just stimulating the crap out of it. Um, and the best we can tell is that we're not getting the recession we thought we might back uh, this time a year ago, but we're also not getting an underlying rapid expansion, the kind that the, that the president always wanted to give us, that being Mr. Trump. Um, so the big variance is what happens to this COVID business. If it goes away or if it, if, if it 
retracts, which by the way is the, well, overwhelmingly the most likely thing to happen in the first quarter and certainly the second quarter, uh, then people will relax and they will start consuming services again in the same way that we had a pent-up demand for goods at the end of the second quarter. There is a tremendous pent-up demand for services. Haven't gotten on an airplane to go see my mom in a long time, people say. Geez, I would love to go hear Celine Dion in Las Vegas again, but I can't. Or that golf vacation I wanted to take to... Um, to Oregon. Well, let's, let's do it now. So when that happens, people will, con will cut back on their consumption of toys and other nice things that move in trucks in order to spend more on airplanes and um, entertainment. And in the same way as, you know, if the COVID goes away, supply chains will recover and me and my wife will no longer have this need to stock up on all the things that we have stocked up on. And so we'll begin using our inventory rather than buying new for a while to get rid of all this extra stuff that we have in our closets. So there's a, even if the economy, now, the economy should be relatively strong when the COVID goes away because people will feel good and they'll buy more stuff in general. However, will we continue to get this magnification of goods demands at the expense of services? And the answer is clearly no. The only question is how long will it take before we go back to normal, before we go to Cancun next winter? Uh, don't know uh, what it tells us in our business, however, is two things. The basic forecast should be a relatively slow one. And by the way, it should, with respect to spot pricing particularly, prices should fall because now they're way above normal. So it'll come back to normal. Now, on top of that kind of shift, it'll catch a lot of people by surprise. There is this great uncertainty is, okay, is the COVID going to go away? And finally, do we, do we lose this wonderful multiplier on our demand that we've had because people aren't going to the amusement park? So uh, my advice to everybody is plan for a modest year. Uh, if you're on the spot market, plan for reduced prices. And by all means, keep your head up looking around because... Um, uh, what the government does with the virus and how people react to it, um, uh, if it goes away or if it gets worse, either of the two possibilities will determine a lot about what will happen next year. So we're in a period of rather high uncertainty. Um, certainly better than we, the outlook we had a year ago uh, uh, for 2020, once you understand the COVID, but not, um, not what I would call a banner year. And why that's surprising, and I'll stop after I say this, why that's surprising is all of us in trucking right now are feeling pretty good because we've had this big old boom based on the reaction to the disease. Well, we are getting close to the max of that boom, and it can only go down from here. Booms don't last. They turn to bust eventually. So this is a year to be pretty cautious.
I agree. I can see how that could be an issue. In your December article you wrote for the 3PL magazine, um, you mentioned how COVID-19 trauma has accelerated underlying trends like online shopping, downtown employment, etc. Could you dive a little deeper on that? One of the things that COVID is doing is accelerating changes in in, uh, supply chains that were happening already. Uh, The most obvious one is, of course, we are using a lot more online ordering of things. So uh, Amazon and UPS and FedEx have done fabulously despite all the problems because we're not going to the store now. We're going to our computers and ordering. That was already happening. Uh, This accelerates it. So that's one thing. Another thing, as I mentioned before, was this business of do I have to work in a big office now or can I work from home? I I visited the offices of TIA yesterday down in in Alexandria and there were three of us in the office despite the fact that everybody in TIA was working but not in that office space. And so the question that uh, Ann Renke will have to determine along with the board (laughs) over the next 10 years is how much of that expensive square footage that we want to keep paying for when we're proving to everybody that we can work very productively from home. Uh, It's a lot more cheap for me to produce this conversation from my home office than it would be to drive all the way to Washington again just to speak on the the, uh, microphone for half an hour. So that's another one. And then the, let me just talk about, well, uh, one, one more, uh, sure. and that is the um, uh, government is borrowing money like crazy. And it is, the Federal Reserve is printing money like crazy. Now, there are reasons in the short term why we can get away with this kind of behavior. Uh, however, eventually, we're going to have to repay those debts. And when that happens, it's going to be very painful. It looked like that that wouldn't happen for at least 10 or 15 years because we've been doing it a long time without being punished. Well, because we are doubling the rate at which we are building up the deficit, financial markets are much more likely to call us to the, uh, to the table to solve this problem in the 2020s rather than the 2030s. So there's a whole bunch of things like uh, warehouse automation, factory automation, even the automation of trucks that are, are, are being accelerated by uh, the stress that we have, have um, lived through with this particular virus. Um, and so when we come out of it from a short-term economic standpoint, We're going to be just as busy dealing with these really fundamental changes to the way supply chains work because of the things that were already happening, which are now happening more rapidly. So that's what I got today, Liz. Um, Unless there's something else, I think I've exhausted myself. All right. Um, I just want to reiterate that we are so grateful and thankful um, for you joining us today and for all of your insight. Um, I think our listeners will really enjoy everything you had to say. Thank you. 
Thanks again to Noel Perry for joining us today, and we appreciate his insight on economic trends as we head into 2021. Please visit www.tianet.org if you'd like to learn more about how TIA and TIA membership can help your business grow and become more profitable. Also, don't forget to join us in Phoenix, Arizona for TIA's 2021 Capital Ideas Conference and Exhibition, April 7th through the 10th. Take your business to the next level with over 1,500 of North America's most successful brokerage-based logistics professionals all in one place. Early bird registration ends February 19, 2021. Register now to receive your discounted registration fee before rates increase. And again, thanks to our sponsor, the TIA Foundation, for being a valued partner in the production of this podcast.